Talk into the mic. Talk. Talk into the mic. Say. Talk. Talk. Say. Podcast. Talk. Talk. Yeah. Very nice. Hey guys. This is Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts. Hi. Hi. Carrie Wee and Kelly McVeigh. And this is the weekly roundup. Cal, how was your day? How was pumpkin patched ing? It was fun. You know what? I always feel like I wait in for too long and then we go and I'm free. I don't like to be cold. Okay. <laughs> and I'm freezing the whole time. And so it was nice to go when it's not so freezing cold. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of early in the season. So was the goal to get pumpkins for carving and everything? Okay, so I have to say, it sounds funny. I didn't get pumpkins because I felt like it was too early. Okay, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're vegetables. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't want them to be like ruined. So I actually saw someone post this cute idea and it was this pumpkin and they had a Sharpie and every day they wrote for like, before Thanksgiving, they wrote something they were thankful for. Okay. And then they put it as like a centerpiece on their table for Thanksgiving. And so I thought that was cute, a cute idea, but I'm like, if I got a pumpkin now, it would be like rotted and disgusting. Yeah. So it was more the pictures, the fun, the kids playing through the corn maze. Um, and then we're going to, I'm just going to circle back around and grab some pumpkins and some moms on another day. Do they have like, um, like what is it? The hayride? They had a hayride that we talked our children out of, um, but because we told them it was going to be a long ride, but they did do this like little thing that had like, they were painted cows. It's in my Insta story, but they like, they did ride like a, it was pulled by a tractor, a little ride and all of them looked like little cows and they rode in the cow or on the cow or something. And they dug in the corn, you know, like having a big, huge sandbox filled with corn. And they had a sunflower patch. They also had those big wheels that are like hamster wheels. Like that's what they remind me of. They look like hamster wheels. And then the kids run in the hamster wheel. So goodness, it's, it's almost, it's almost holiday time. So the most fun Halloween thing here, I think is the, it's the Los Angeles haunted hayride. Okay. And it's in Griffith park, which is like right in the middle of the city. It's a lot of land, actually a lot of acres of just like trees and grass. And there are some wild animals. So they take this plot of land and they do an entire haunted hayride and it's legit vintagey scary. It's the type where like they have all these actors. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Dressed up, jump out at you and clank the, the, the tractor and like scream in your ear. They have all that. Yeah. I'm terrified. I've done it twice. It's terrifying. I can't decide if I want it. I would want it. I, I don't think I'm in. I don't think I want to do it. I think the production quality, creativity, and the... Yes. Co- the makeup artists, the professional makeup artists, and the soon-to-be or hopeful-to-be actors yes. take it to another level. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, they do this whole section, at least the last time I went, they drive you through a barn. Yeah. The truck bed is kind of low. They literally 
run and like pull a sheet over the entire, like a black sheet over the entire bed. Yeah. So you're trapped. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Terrifying, but it's so old school because they also have some like old school vintage rides where I'm like, Oh my God, the liability on these things, like they're falling apart. Merry go round with the horses, but it's, you know, from it's so old and people are on it. Anyways, it's, it's kind of legit because it's old school. I don't think that I want to do any of that. And I don't think I've done, I don't think I've done something like that since I was in high school. Well, it depends on where you live because if they have the adult version, you know what I'm saying? Because I know that Knott's Berry Farms has the adult version. And I know that Universal Studios here in LA. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll have Fee, who was one of the creators of the Jabberwockies. I just got to get the schedule to work out. But the Jabberwockies are in the haunted, like, it's scary at Universal Studios. Yeah. Like, it's legit scary for adults. So uh, you will not find me at that. The holidays are coming. And for you guys, it might seem a little bit closer. But for us, we're still like in the deep into our summer right now because our summer lasts till November. It's this time of year. I just saw a funny quote that time of year where you put the heat on at night, you turn it off in the morning, you open windows by noon, you turn the air on by 3.30 and then you turn the heat on by seven, like time of year where like, you just don't know, you don't know where you're supposed to be. There's two things that I was thinking about. One is very insignificant and not enough of a conversation, which is pop versus soda. I have one. I have Yeah, something. please. But I want to know what you think, but I feel like this goes into another whole conversation and I'm being totally serious about this. So this is going to sound like I'm not being serious, but I'm totally being serious. Okay. Um, how are you feeling about Brittany? Oh my God. Free Brittany. I am feeling like that woman needs to have her own life back. And I've been hearing some crazy stuff about the conservatorship and it makes it sound very dark and cult-ish. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, I just, I have to say a little um, post backward, like I did see Brittany at one point, like when, like when I was like a teenager or whatever, like she, I feel like she was with new kids on the block at a concert or something, but I have always been a major Brittany fan. And I think it's because she could dance. She was from our time period. Like the, like so many of her videos, like the video with the snake and oh my God, like, that one slave for you, slave for you, like total hotness, bad, badass. Um, now listen, I'm not saying like, there's any like major, like she's not like the vocal performer of the year for me, but overall, like being younger, like I always thought she was like, so cool. And I wanted to watch her and whatever. And then I went through this phase where I feel like Cameron and Kenzie were little and it wasn't even something that I looked up on my phone. I looked up on my like home computer because it was probably like 13 years ago when she went through the like shaved head mm -hmm. whole crazy thing. And I would come home, Carrie, and I would look up TMZ <laughs> to see I love it. what they were posting about Britney because it was this like, you know, they always say like, you look for the car, you look at the car wreck on the highway or whatever. Yeah. Combination of train wreck. But I also cared. Like I also had this part that was like, oh, what's going on 
with Britney and like they would show a video of her like roaming the streets in like Beverly Hills and like someone trying to get her to get in the car to go home. So I do think that she had a period of her life that was spinning. She needed some guidance or I have no idea. Rehab something. I think there were things going on. But when I watched this episode of this, it was like a short one, um, you know, like a, a show on her on Netflix yesterday. And there's actually a documentary coming out on Tuesday night that looks super good. But like currently, like I, it plays a recording of her in court talking to the judge. Then it has like a couple security guards and her like past assistant, like basically saying that they were like, had her room bugged. They had her phone was attached to an iPad that they had. So they could manipulate, like if they knew who she was texting and what she was texting, they could manipulate situations around her because they knew what she was thinking. And I'm just floored by the whole thing. It's so wrong. It sounds so bananas what they were doing to her. And she's like 40. Yeah. And listen, it is, it kind of goes through the timeline and timeline in the show that I watched, but like when her dad took over, it was like tour after tour, after this show, go on America's got talent, do this, do this show. And like, there's even a few like clips where they're, she's like, I don't want to do another show. And they're like, you're doing another show. Or they're in like a meeting talking about her schedule and it shows her dad and like this manager like all these people and they're like, okay, well, she'll do this this day. She'll do that that day. And then someone's like, do she really want to rehearse the whole entire day on her birthday? And her dad's like, she's, that's what she's doing. I'll take the boys. I'll be in charge of the boys that day. She's rehearsing. So hardcore. And she just kind of, it seems like she was a money cow for them. Yeah. She was just making money for them. And then she had no choice because they held all the purse strings to everything that she makes, which is crazy totally insane it said that like her um wardrobe person was saying that they were like walking in vegas and she was like oh my gosh i love those tennis shoes can someone grab those shoes for me and they like went and asked if they could go get the shoes for her and they were like it's not in her budget her money budget and they were sketchers and that a few people were like how can they possibly like she wants a pair of like just for every day, like she just wanted these sketchers and they were like, no, you can't, no, it's not in our budget. And she's making like millions of dollars. Yeah. No, it's bananas. I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't have anything to say besides like that. It's so wrong. And it's definitely, if I had a free Britney t-shirt to wear, I would wear it. <laughs> not yeah, not because one. I think she's a perfect person or because I'm a huge fan of her music. I am a fan of her when it comes to some of her songs in different parts of my life. Yeah. Otherwise, I yeah. wouldn't really care except you hear all this and especially the whole bugging of her phone in her bedroom. I mean, I hope there's not a sexual component to all of this. I hope it was just to spy on her to get more information about, <laughs> I mean, it would be even worse. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, I think too, it brings up like the whole conservative ship in general, and I'm sure there are tough guidelines, but there's also this movie. That's a fake movie, a lady who preys on older people and she goes to courts basically and says that they, 
she was working with a doctor and the doctor basically hands her old people and writes excuses that they can't take care of themselves anymore. Oh. And then she takes over and she basically sells all their belongings. She she takes their phone, like they go into like assisted living. Oh my God, what are you watching? No, listen, it's a <laughs> it's a movie. I'm gonna Oh, it's a movie. It's a movie. Okay. It's a movie. It wasn't real, but it just made me overall think. I think that the Britney Spears is a extreme case, right? Yeah. But I'm sure there are other situations where someone's making all the decisions and a person is capable or in a space that they could do it themselves. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot more cases. It's just a really public one. I teach ballet, obviously, right? Yeah. And I have ballet music and there's like, it's like pop it's like baby one more time or something like that for tondus, but it's just piano. Right. Anyway. So like last week I played it and I'm like, this is for free Brittany right now. <laughs> so the, the kiddos, the, the, you know, under 18s, do they have any connection to that music? Totally. all know who she is. All right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they're connected to the music. It's more that they know the story. They mm-hmm. know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like it's more that, that kind of thing, I think. I wonder if there's going to be that type of worldwide type of knowledge about anybody as the years go by, because now it seems like there's just so many people who have music out there on Spotify. For example, if you start going down the rabbit hole, there are people who have like millions and millions of YouTube followers. And I've never heard of them because it's so niche. It's like literally these type of people follow those people. And then I'll never hear about them. It's not like Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Madonna, where the whole world Yes. New. And so now dancers are getting hired for some of these artists. I mean, isn't that amazing though? Yeah. Well, they're getting hired. And I have to say as a dancer, I would not have been as, I wouldn't be as invested in artists that I'd never heard of though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, I did, I did hear something too. Like uh, it was a podcast I was listening to and they were talking about how that back in the day, it was about the audition. It was about showing up. And this actor was saying that now, like you're going against a YouTube follower that has however many views and you're like, well, but I went to acting school and I'm here and ready to read the lines. But in the whole scheme of things, he was saying that now he has this like different appreciation for it because it was like, this person wants to be in this field, entertainment, whatever, instead of like waiting for the audition, they're just freaking hustling hard and making it happen in their bedroom. Yeah, that's true too. Speaking of Kelly, I haven't talked about it because I, by the time this comes out, I will know the answer to my question, but yeah. I'm currently on a veil for a huge commercial. It's a holiday commercial. That's, that would be huge. A holiday commercial. I'm assuming. No, it's, it's ginormous. And Kelly, this plus Burger King and mind you to our podcast listeners, they might think that I book a lot of commercials. I didn't book a commercial for 20 years. Is your agent pitching you differently? The first one, Burger King was a complete fluke. Because that was like, they got a bunch of people that they trusted and that what they wanted to bring in because we were dressed up like chickens. No one could tell who we are. They just wanted a good set, like a good day on set. Yeah. But after that, my agent started sending me out again. I think they probably just, they're like, okay, just send her out again. She's booking stuff. 
I think that what changed is now during the pandemic, we are no longer going into casting, like in-person casting. It's all from home. So I can control my lighting. I can control the angle of the camera. So for you, it's a plus where I think there's other people it would be not a plus because you catch me the wrong light at the wrong angle. And I don't look like I could be on TV. I get, maybe that's, maybe that's the case for everybody, but really for me, because my eyes, I don't have big eyes. So if I don't have makeup on makeup makes me look different. So is this a makeup or a non-makeup situation? No. So I, I basically went into this just completely natural with good lighting and the right angle. And then the ringer is the bean because the role is for a mom. So I just let her run around me. Yeah. I know. I think it's so cute. Between that and controlling my own lighting and my own angles and being able to record it a couple times and send them the best one. I think that's making a huge difference for me. Do they circle back around and they're like, okay, things are looking good. Or do you, how do you, I did the first casting, which is just a video submission. Second one was a zoom callback. Okay. Where you're like in a virtual lobby with all the other actors and they just pull you out digitally, like into another digital room where you audition for the casting director in your little boxes. That's it. And then I get a call saying you're on a veil, which means these are the dates confirm if you're available. And if you are, you got to hold them. You have to continue to be available at those dates. It's like coming up. That's crazy. This is like a whole week to be on a veil for something. So I'm I keep on thinking, did I miss something and I got released and I don't know? No, because I'm insane about checking my emails. Yeah. And they would have had to have released me because I have these dates on hold. I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes I don't know about. I got to just reach out to my agent tomorrow because I'm just like, at this point, it's like, look, I really want the job. You know, when you're like, you're either going to break up or you're going to get married. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to know which one it is so I can emotionally prepare myself. You know what I'm saying? I know because that there's, those are two really different things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it's one of these things where... I have to like clear my whole schedule, you know, it's like, and there's a lot of people I think on, it's a dance commercial. So like, it's not just me. There's a bunch of other people, some other people, not me saying no to other jobs because they want to be available for a big one. And there's a couple things happening here in LA. Number one, we are on the cusp, the precipice of a huge strike. Okay. So basically What does that mean? Like, I don't even really know what that means. And so I know the listeners don't know. Yes, I'll explain. So basically, one of the unions, it's basically the normal people. It's the people who are on crew. It's all the production designers, the people who do the sets, the cameramen, the grips, the sound guys, the everything, every, I don't know, at least 75% of the people on any type of set, professional set. Okay. These are all people covered by a specific union and they are at a stalemate. And I don't want to speak too much about it because there's a lot of details and I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. Basically there's a stalemate with producers on how 
the contracts will be for streaming services. Okay. Because I don't know if you heard about like Scarlett Johansson suing Disney over her contract. Did you hear that about that for Black Widow? No, what happened? So basically before the pandemic, Black Widow was pretty much finished and her contract with Disney was to make money off of ticket sales. Yeah. And it was not in her contract that they were going to release it not just theatrical, but the way they released it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the star of this movie was basically not getting paid the way she would have by a long shot because of the way they released it. And so basically the world changes, you know, the producers are the ones that are trying to, you know, make as much money as they can without, you know, they're trying to balance a budget and then make as much money as they can. So whenever we dip our toe into new technology, for example, it might be like seven to 10 years ago that our union, our dance union finally figured out unionizing music videos. Yeah. It was getting so screwed up because suddenly now music videos are more so on YouTube and Vimeo and all these things, not on you know, TV. Right. So every time there's a shift in technology, the talent, the people behind the scenes, the people who are working, making that content, we have to renegotiate contracts. Okay. Uh, there was a huge writer's strike many years ago, probably more than 10 years ago. And that totally shifted everything. The, and I support this union strike because it, it's ridiculous. It's like, you know, it's, it's humane living standards, stuff like that. Yeah. So basically if all crew people go on strike, nothing's getting produced in the city. I mean, that is craziness. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I've actually been posting on Facebook, like kind of like, you know, just copy paste explaining what's happening because all of the streaming services that everybody across the country, plus the world enjoy Netflix, HBO max, Disney plus, I don't know if Disney's, no, everybody's a part of it because no matter what, even if Disney makes a TV show or HBO makes a movie, who are you hiring to be on set to produce it? It's all the same people. That's their jobs. Right. right. To me, I was like refreshing my emails every five minutes for the first couple of days. And then I kind of stopped. I was like, okay. Obviously, there's stuff going on. I've never been on a veil for this long. This is a long time for production to take. Yes. So we'll just see. I'll keep you guys updated. Um, It's just kind of the way it is. I think I've accepted that and my anxiety kind of goes to different things. You have to text me and let me know for, I mean, I got to know about this. I have such superstition about these things because during the process, there's so many different ways where your commercial wouldn't even make it to air. Right. Right. You end up on the cutting room floor for some reason, or they totally, totally chuck the whole commercial. Yeah. Cause they didn't like it. So I usually only talk about it once it's already running because I'm superstitious. Okay. So do you get paid if they, it doesn't, you just get paid for your work days. Yes, you get paid for your time. Not for your likeness being used everywhere and anywhere for the entire Christmas season. There is a ton of high and lows. I don't know that I could do that. And what I mean by that is I feel like you have this like insane high because it's like, (gasps) 
you get a callback. And then it's a lull again because you're unsure. And then it's uh, put the dates on hold. And you're like, yes. And then it's possibly that you're breaking up forever and your marriage is over. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that would be a lot of back and forth for me. You know, I have anxiety. It is a lot of work for me to keep myself centered. I know. I think at this point, I compartmentalize my ability to do that for this one thing. And it doesn't necessarily cross over to other things and like keeping myself centered because my anxiety just moves on to other things. Like it just finds another place like this morning where we did an amazing recording and I was just busy with the bean and I was like juggling a bunch of things and I forgot to hit record. And Kel was a savior in my life because she did the thing that we're always doing and recording a backup. And if she hadn't done that, oh my God, oh my God, let's not even talk about it because it would make me cry. Yeah, we can't. We've moved on. We're good. And listen, we've had a situation before where it was like we talked about re-recording and it didn't pan out and eventually it will. But there is something about the sweet spot of the first recording. I know because it won't be the same. Uh, Again, it will be a completely different interview for better or worse. Totally. You know, Asa and I talk about it. These bigger podcasts that have sponsors, like the big ones, you know, when they start listing off yeah. the people to thank, they're listing off like 10 people. That's how right. many people they have working on totally. the damn thing that we have exactly two people working. No, sorry, three people, you, me, and Asa. Yeah, and I don't really do, let's be honest, like I show up. <laughs> well, you and- record and you schedule guests. Yeah, I love to get guests for sure. I was thinking about this too, and I this is throwing myself under the bus in a lot of ways, but even with the person we're talking about for today, I don't do a ton of, like, I don't write down questions. I don't, I might like briefly, like look up a couple things about them, but I like to just have the conversation flow. So like for work, I interview people for work for certain trainings and whatever, but I have questions written down. I know what I'm going to ask with this. I like the flow of it where I have no idea what's going to happen And I don't know if that's good or bad. (laughs) Well, I think you and I kind of like that because the authenticity feels like it's, you know, it's like really there for both of us. So we can come at this from a place of curiosity. That's what makes it interesting to me. Sometimes I have a little bit more of a plan, like I make notes, but it's, it's not like I'm going to stick to that plan if the conversation veers to the left and then it gets really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think generally like I run a lot. I like to run. So I might think, oh, today we're recording so-and-so, especially if it's someone I I have met before, there's a reason I reach out to them. And then while I'm running, I think of things that I would love to know, or I care about, or it's just that I don't take the time to like write it all down and think through it and like really process it. It's more kind of like, okay, who is today? And what are we going to talk about? But I think that a lot of times our guests, push direction forward in this sense. Yeah, they end up steering the ship for sure because they end up wanting or being excited about talking about something. And then to go to your original next question seems a little like you're not listening sometimes, depending on what the interview is. Yes, yes. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Even today's with the one we were talking about, 
they kind of, I was like, tell us a little bit about how you grew up and whatever. And then when they started talking about living in a small town, their community, you know, racism, well, then that, that totally leads the direction for a little while. If I had written down questions, my next question wouldn't have had anything to do with where the direction of the conversation was. Yeah. And I'm glad we went there and then we're going to open, we're going to have Janae who was on that recording back maybe once or twice because it was so fabulous. Oh, I know what my other quick question was. Please. Okay. You guys live in LA. You're both in entertainment in some way or the other. So say they called you back and they were like, okay, listen, you had been in your mom. We'd love to have her in it as well. Would you do that? Okay, For this particular one, if they said, can we add her to this job? I would say, sign me up. Not all of them and not like the whole process of like getting my baby an agent. Yeah. Although I have to say, like I have friends who are, had their kids audition and they did commercials and uh, their son, who's now 16, independently bought the family uh, Winnebago. Yeah. He bought himself a BMW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had money, like, gaining interest for his entire childhood. I mean, that money just compounding in a an account for however many years, and then you have, you know, college is a lot more expensive than it used to be. I don't know. The world is changing, and the whole like zoom audition has changing the game for me a lot. Yeah. Cause one of the reasons why I stopped auditioning for commercials is because I didn't have a great booking rate anyway. So I was felt like I was wasting my time. Yeah. They're like, Oh, this is so typical. Santa Monica, 4 45 PM casting. Right. And then you're in, stuck in traffic for literally three and a half hours and you were there for 15 minutes. Right. That and sounds then, it's terrible. Yeah. And what if you have four that day or two that day and you're just driving around all day. And I spent a lot of the years that I was here doing that because, you know, it's just me. And that was my job to make it to these auditions. But now I'm like, yeah, send me out because all I have to do is make a video and I know how to video edit already. So, and you know, we got a ring light. (laughs) Yeah. All about the ring light for sure. But definitely Asa and I are you know the show Dance Moms? Yes. We're going to kind of probably be opposite of that because yeah, I feel like there's underneath that is a feeling of like, I didn't, not all parents. Some parents really did do it and still want their kid to do it that much. Yeah. But not me. I'm like, well, I, I did it. I think if I were going to Dance Mom anything, it would be figure skating because that's what I always wanted to do that I never got to do. Yeah yeah that's also very expensive that's like one notch under horseback riding it's it's insane I have no words for how expensive stuff is yeah and you know if you have more than one kid I don't know I don't even know how expensive you probably know how expensive these things are I don't now listen I also live um in Ohio but like the cost of dance and costumes and fees yeah um all of the things it's all so freaking expensive it's insane yeah and then there's the actual expensive hobbies you know um I have a 
student who, as a kid, she was trying to become a professional horseback rider, like the ones that jump yeah. and do all the things. Talk about expensive. I mean, they have to own their own horse. They yeah. have to get, you know, they have to house the horse. I don't even know. I, I'll get, maybe I get some numbers for you next time. <laughs> but yeah, I want to hear, I want to know. Anyway, so we weren't totally all over the place, but we talked about Brittany. Yeah. Then we talked about me trying not to pee my pants over here, trying to figure out what I'm, you know, getting a call from my agent. Hey, are you okay if I jump off because my daughter's calling me? Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today to give you background on what we were talking about today. The union is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, IATSE. And they are in the middle of negotiations. We will keep you abreast of that. Thanks so much to Asa Watkins for post-production. And click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to our list. And honor us with a five-star rating and review anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks so much. This is Greener Grass. Greener Grass.